Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. My guest today is Badgesven Bidjusson, who has written the Den Svarte Vikingen, which I am holding up here, or the Black Viking in English. And his, how, how did, he's your ancestor the way at times 30, if I remember correctly, but how did you stumble upon this guy? Was it the family folk tale, or did you just try, randomly stumble upon him? Yeah, um, so we're doing this in English. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, in a way, it was a family uh, anecdote that uh, ignited the interest for this figure. Um, we had, a, or my parents had a friend that had moved from uh, the most northern part of uh, the West Fjords. Uh, the West Fjords in uh, Iceland is on a number. Um, uh, uh, it's uh, like said like this. So the West Fjords in the north here. This was the area of of uh, uh, this guy that I have called the Black Viking, or or his name was Germundur Heljarskin in Old Norse. Uh, and uh, this guy came. Uh, he had moved there in the 1950s from from uh, northern west Coast, and he told stories about german and he he was a great hero uh, for him in his eyes and uh, i always remembered those stories and and when i uh, started to study old norse in uh, in the university, I I started to collect, like in the early nineties, I started to collect all the fragments about this guy Germundur Heljaskin in in the written sources, and I saw that many of the stories that the, the guy had told me were were not written down anywhere, and that was like, <clears throat> and and. But uh, basically, there were some paradoxes in uh, the way Icelanders treated this um, figure, this guy. Uh, the paradox was that he was the mightiest, he was the greatest of all settlers in Iceland. But they didn't want to tell his story or why he was so uh, rich and powerful. Uh, and they didn't want to put him on the genealogical list. Mm. It's always his daughter that is uh, listed up, not him. So there was something like uh, intriguing there. Why are they not proud of him? Uh, why didn't they want to speak about him? Why are there only fragments? 
so so that was in a way yeah that what uh, sparked uh, the interest and and i guess um the study we're going to get into this life in in a second but i want to begin with like you mentioned the sources are not many and it does not have its own saga do you think there was some racist racism behind this that uh, that is because of his darker skin that i didn't want yeah, well, basically, uh, what I uh, uh, tried to outline in 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 the last uh, uh, like uh, chapter of the book is is that um, uh, like in the in the high Middle Ages in 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 the twelfth and the thirteenth century when Icelanders were writing a lot, uh, we could say that there is uh, established the kind of myth of foundation or foundation myth of Iceland is established. And it's uh, it's quite well, uh, there was a little elite that was writing and I guess they were like, um, uh, they knew one another and, 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 and in a way, as I see it, they sat down and they said that this is the way we're going to present the beginning of Iceland for the world. So we make this myth. And and uh, basically, uh, the myth that they uh, established uh, is uh, a myth that you cannot get Germinder to fit into it in mm. any way. Because uh, you can start with that, which you mentioned, uh, that the focus in this... Um, foundation myths uh, that the 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 right writers of uh, the middle ages put weight on was uh, norway and the norwegians and okay there were a few celtic slaves but it was mostly norwegians that came here we don't want to speak about the other people or people from other uh, it's a kind of xenophobic um, the tendency there, <laughs> um, I, I, it's not racist, but it's just xenophobic, and they want to come from Norway. Uh, uh, another, uh, and uh, German was black. He was like uh, some kind of a, a, a Greenlandish, uh, Mongolian, uh, Samoyedish uh, uh, appearance. Um, okay, and, and he was not purely uh, Norse, uh, although his father was. Uh, the second uh, part is that uh, during the 12th and 13th century, there was a kind of a civil war in Iceland and and uh, just a f- few families had like uh, gathered all the resources of this little country and, and um, the writing, the writers looked at this as um, uh, unfortunate and uh, it is a very strong tendency in 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 the human uh, uh, life in general to <laughs> to uh, make a time that where everything was better in the past days when everything was better. It's it's like you know you go to Horace, you read about Horace, and he says in his older days, now the Romans they they can't do anything anymore. The, the, the young Romans, they're just degenerated and they're terrible. And But back in my old days, everything was better. Mm. So uh, they made a kind of golden age where uh, every uh, chieftain 
in the country was like uh, it was like an egalitarian society. They wanted to show that that everything begin there began began there uh, where where the chieftains had the same power everywhere and uh, nobody was uh, like threatening or forcing others. Uh, they had a kind of. Uh, uh, a general assembly uh, where uh, everyone had their voice, uh, and the government, uh, the the Black Viking, he, he does not fit fit into this at all because, as we can see, that he is basically taking northwestern part of uh, nearly all the island, uh, 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 nearly all the. Uh, northern western part he is behaving like a, like a petty king uh, he has uh, between um, according to my calculations and and, and uh, out from the sources he has around 2 uh, to 300 slaves and uh, very many farms uh, and 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 uh, so called chieftains uh, uh, that are under him and under his command so he does not fit into this egalitarian uh, um, uh, society that they wanted to show. The, 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 the other things that he does not fit into is that you can see when he takes uh, his um, uh, land in Iceland that he is not thinking about uh, like um, uh, Running after some some uh, uh, like high seat pillars, like um, it was a myth that the first settlers they threw out some two pillars, and where the pillars came up, they set up their farm. Uh, we can see that it's purely economic uh, uh, settlement uh, from from Germander. He is only thinking about the resources how to work them out, how to transport them, how to get them uh, to Ireland to, or, or, or where he yeah. sold them. Yeah. So, so it's an economical settlement. And that, that was not... Um, the fourth thing we could mention also is that, um, uh, and, and has been mentioned before, uh, we have a very few mentions of the Celtic people that came to Iceland. Uh, the DNA uh, research uh, in the past decades has shown that over uh, 65% of all the women that wow. came to Iceland were, were Celtic. Uh, and um, the written sources do not, uh, do not show this. And, and of course, we can assume that many of them were were slaves, uh, and and just as much came uh, from uh, or was taken of, of Celtic men, uh, and uh, so so uh, he he uh, I I mentioned that he had uh, out from all his farms and where he was working the resources he he is he has around two to three hundred slaves, so this was not either uh, any historian they wanted to. Mention and and that's quite understandable because uh, the the new Christian in in the Christian era it's it's not it's not allowed to have slaves uh, we we are the slaves of of our Lord and and we should not be slaves of one another 
uh, and uh, of course there was slavery and has always been and will be, but it's not called that at least anymore. Uh, during the 11th century, uh, slavery here is 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 totally um, um, normal. Yeah, no, it's not normal. It's 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 not mentioned anymore. Mm. Right. So, <laughs> so these are the main main features that he didn't fit into. So let's begin with his mother. And she, like you said, she is from Mongolian ancestry. So how did you end up with with Jervin's father and being a Norwegian concubine of all places? Yeah. Uh, then we are we are uh, moving towards. Uh, the um, earlier steps of this story, we, we begin in the end, in a way, and, and, and we, we go to uh, a place now called Bjarmia uh, in English, or Bjarma land in Old Norse. Uh, it is uh, known and accepted that uh, the Norse people were sailing to the White Sea. Uh, uh, they called it Gandvik already in the 8th eighth, eighth century they uh, archaeology uh, archaeologists have have shown that they they find some have found so much uh, norse uh, over there and um, now uh, the sources they say that the father of german king hjor uh, who apparently sat on avaldsnes Agvaldsnes in 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 Karma and in in Haugesund, by Haugesund in southwestern Norway, that uh, he is sailing. He he is um, making expeditions to Bjarmia, uh, and uh, it is said that he took a woman there. Uh, uh, he she has um, a very special name that is not Norse. It's Ljubina. Uh, Ljubina. It's like. Um, it's like a, a Norse uh, assimilation of some kind of a, 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 a strange or alien uh, word uh, or name. And uh, my uh, hypothesis is that, uh, and uh, that is based on, on what we know else, and uh, this is the method that I have. Uh, you always have to fill in you you have to guess because it's it's um, the sources are scarce, and you have to guess um, how how this everything uh, uh, has turned out, and and uh, fill in the pictures in a way. So the written sources they say he took her as a concubine and 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 as a slave and moved her, but but in the next sentence he said she is a queen. Okay, so what we're basically looking at there is that it's a kind of an economical alliance. And of course, if you're coming from southwestern Norway all the way to the White Sea to get some kind of goods, uh, you have to get something. You are eager to trade something with these people. They have something that you need. And basically, this is, this is where the walrus uh, studies uh, came in. And and not the teeth and 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 that which the archaeologists find, but but the 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 skin for the ropes for the for the boats for the ships, and 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 this is very simple, you know, uh, uh, a Viking uh, uh, chieftain 
living by the North Way, also by by the, uh, the name of your country is North Way, the way uh, along the coastline of Norway. Your power is completely dependent upon having ships. And having big ships, uh, you have to have big ropes for the rig, for the for the sails, and for everything. So he's basically going there, and this is an alliance, an economical alliance. Uh, marriage was not uh, in these times based on on um, uh, love or something like that. That's more uh, like a French. Um, uh, could we say a French uh, um, idea from from the twelfth, thirteenth, twelfth century? <laughs> uh, it's it's an alliance, and and in order to get these goods from these people in the north, he takes a woman uh, from their uh, uh, flock or f from this uh, people. And and of course that's uh, uh, that's the best insurance to have a, a, a good access to to the virus, to the goods uh, in the north. So she is Lubina, and 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 I assume that she uh, is like a, uh, they were called uh, Samoyeds. Uh, they were living there uh, by the east side of uh, the White Sea. And they were specialized in 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 hunting uh, walrus and making uh, ropes and and so forth. Uh, we have a, a, a this beautiful uh, little uh, uh, text from uh, King uh, Alfred's Hof um, uh, in 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 uh, ninth century, where a Norwegian author. Uh, uh, comes to him and, and says that he has been to Bermia and and um, that he went to Bermia to get a hold of walrus and that he is also buying ropes from them, 16 ls long ropes. Uh, so so um, so uh, this is the uh, ground since he has had then uh, like a, a physiognomy or, or appearance that was not Germanic, but more like uh, 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 the Greenlanders and and the Samoyeti uh, people. We should mention this as well, because uh, and you mentioned this in your book as well. That and again, we said thought about this in our episode about Avery the Red, where the Muslim conquest of Africa closed down the ivory sale of elephants, which was quite popular to use as chess pieces or. Other other product products in Europe. So with the Muslim conquest, walrus hunting became really attractive, and it made a lot of money for the Norse because of the what what's the word for it? The the amount of requests they had because they couldn't get ivory from the elephants anymore. Yeah, uh, well, um, I don't know about the trade contacts to, to Africa in these times, but at least uh, what is said is that um, it was the was the ivory from Africa that took over in, in the high Middle Ages, because we, we don't... But I, I basically think that um, uh, the last pieces of uh, ivory you got into the European market was from Greenland. And uh, it uh, seems that uh, the scholars have uh, have, uh, have uh, 
documented that now with the DNA and and and, and stuff like that. So so um, yes, you made a lot of uh, money on on the ivory, but that is not my focus in the mm. book because everyone focuses on the ivory because the ivory is the only thing you can see, the only thing you can touch. Uh, but uh, it is a luxury item, mm-hmm. and you do not sail from southwestern Norway uh, or western Norway, wherever, uh, all the way to the White Sea with a with a lot of men and back just to get a hold of some luxury item. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that. That's no way. Uh, it's not a cruise. It's it's, it's your life is uh, dependent on this. Um, it is something necessary, and 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 there is that is where I I focus on on the heights, on the skin, and on on the rope making, which was this is basically the strongest material to make ropes for a rig, and and if you think about the bigger bigger Viking ships and the sail. They had it. It's it's you know it's hundred and perhaps uh, more than hundred square meters. It is a that you have to have this strong ropes if you want to be sure that you are going to survive. And and it's basically that uh, you get the strongest shit because you care about your life. You don't want to gamble with life. Hmm. So let's talk about the German's childhood because he was, as you mentioned in your book, his father was terrified when he saw that his saw him for the first time. He didn't basically disowned him, as far as I understood this. And it, but it, does he have a twin brother, or does the brother come later in life? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not sure if they are twins, but that's what the written sources say that they are twins. But it. If if uh, they're from the same marriage and and from the same mother and and like her her um, appearance is more dominating, I I guess people can have thought that they were twins uh, very easily. Um, but uh, uh, well, it's 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 uh, of course. And this is not uh, science. This is like um, uh, based on experience. When I uh, see, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, Norse or Icelandic or Germanic-looking people uh, have children with, uh, for example, uh, Greenlanders, it can be both, you know. You don't know. But uh, it seems that the dominating uh, appearance uh in in the brothers uh, is from the mother and and that's perhaps most shocking for for the father and of course we are we are here in in, in some kind of a mythic landscape you know uh, we don't know so much but what we have uh, and what we can be sure about is is his uh, his uh, nickname Heliar mm. uh, skin uh, it means uh, the black skinned. Uh, you don't uh, make up uh, nicknames two hundred years later. Mm. The nickname is something that lives and sticks by you. Uh, 
and uh, at least we know from that that he he was a much darker. He had a darker skin than than uh, his fellow Norsemen, mm. and 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 uh, so we know we know that he is cold, very he is titulated, and 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 the brothers are called ugly. Uh, or extremely ugly in <laughs> written sources. Uh, this is not, again, not racism. Uh, it's uh, basically uh, uh, this uh, little xenophobic nature and, and, and the fact that uh, often we uh, think that beauty is what we know and, and what is alien to us is more mm, ugly. And I don't think this has changed so much in the human world. Mm. His childhood does not seem easy, as we mentioned, his father more or less disowned them and they grew up with his slaves. They were thrown into with a slave mother that that his his mother was not did not raise him and it's you mentioned this in the book as well that even today and this is true for today's era as well, if you are you know disowned by the parents and you don't have a good relationship with the parents, it can be difficult growing up. And have a good relationship later with the parents was and so let's talk about growing up with Foryarman and his brother among the slaves that you talked about in the book. Yeah, well, again, we we are in the written uh, sources here, uh, and uh, I, uh, I, th- I think uh, you know. What I was doing there was like giving the echo of these uh, scarce uh, fragments, written fragments, and trying to uh, trying to see uh, what could be true in it and how, how it could have formed him. Um, yes, uh, it is said in the written sources that uh, their father becomes very angry when he sees their appearance and 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 uh uh or or rather that the mother uh doesn't uh, want him to see them because she knows that he will be angry because her appearance is dominating them so what she does is that she changes them for uh, a white newborn uh, uh, slave son and um, gives her uh, twins to the to the slaves and, and takes this slavery son and presents him as the son of uh, of the father. He uh, sees that when uh, when they grow, when, when this youngster grows up, that they are, that he is not his son and and. Uh, He's more like a slavery. <laughs> slavery. I don't know how he saw that, mm. uh, but um, of course, this is this is like I'm guessing into this scarce uh, uh, written sources, and I don't want to philosophize so much about that here now. I'm I'm just trying to show that if there is something true in this, uh, I think uh, Germander, if he started the life like that, he must have been quite um, suspicious uh, of people he doesn't trust people he was he's taking from he's taken from his mother 
and and brought up with some slaves and and then suddenly he's taken back again into the warmth of the family when he's three the, they are three four years old according to the sources they're taken back and and everything is fine but but you know you you always have this where well, when will I go out to the cold again you know mm. <laughs> so I, um that's what um I, I was I was trying to guess um and and that's perhaps what I am doing because I am an old Norse philologist I have a doctor grade in 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 reading these old texts but I am also a writer so so what I'm trying to do um, basically in this book is to combine both of my both of the parts of the brain in in, in this text and trying to like um, um somehow uh, uh get the persons to be like get uh, to become something more than just skeletons mm. you know and try to get under their skin and 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 uh, try to understand how 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 this life was but you know this is this is like in mist this is um, unclear the sources are scarce the sources are also paradoxical. They, uh, 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 but uh, we have this uh, poem, which uh, tells about, uh, uh, on, and I guess this it was a skaldic poem, and and because of this stanza, the the story around their birth, and their upbringing among the slaves, and uh, and the stanza also tells about how they're taken back into the king's court and and um, get the warmth of their mother and father. Uh, so so the stanza, this stanza, and this is important, you know, and, and this is not a statement that I'm giving, like, uh, without something behind it. I wrote uh, uh, a thesis on uh, skaldic poetry, 500 pages, a doctoral thesis, mm -hmm. Which, uh, which um, I think um, only only three persons have read because it was three in the committee uh, to give it doctor grade. But mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, anyway, uh, I, I and 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 other scholars have uh, stated the same thing that. Uh, uh, these stanzas from the ninth and tenth century, they many of them are fictional or made in the high Middle Ages, but many of them cannot be made in the twelfth or thirteenth century. They are old. There can be something wrong in them. Uh, there can be some variants that are wrong in in manuscripts, but in 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 basically these poems are old. And these are the only poems, this is the only sources we have that we could uh, uh, call like a, a primer sources from the oral society. Mm. And and uh, the Norse mind was able to code uh, historical uh, uh, events Yes, events or something, something like um, that. The society really wanted to secure that you didn't forget. Then you get the sculpt, and you get him to make the poem. 
and then it is like uh, you know it will stand with us and and these these uh, this this is a way of of the oral society to to take care to um uh, secure uh, some kind of a, a social memory in this society and and uh, and uh, so we have a stanza and we have this with Germander, but uh, uh, yeah, a suspicious mind came came out from this. That, that was uh, the point uh, mm. I, I tried to find out from the mm. scarce sources. I want, I want to do an analogy here because when I read the book of Adrian Dolesworthy about the Punic War, he states that the Romans began writing their history around this time. And it was maybe not necessarily to just remember their history, but it was also for entertainment as well, to entertain themselves by the campfire, by the families, to tell the story. Was this the case in Norse mythology, as sorry, Norse poetry as well? Um, yeah, I, I guess the Romans were quite, quite before. <laughs> I mean, just to do an analogy here, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Was no, the poems yeah. and stanzas you said, just to, you know, <laughs> exactly. the entertainment as well as telling uh, the history. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, it's it's the entertainment. It's 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 uh, you know, it's it's basically the the, the same, and and uh, even though. Uh, the the Greek Romans also had you know other genres that we didn't have in the north like like uh, the the plays mm. uh, 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 and 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 uh, theater uh, we had the hall uh, and the king's hall in in uh, in uh, northern uh, Europe and in Scandinavia and uh, we can see it from sources that that. The skulls, um, like I can mention, like a skull, like Einar Skúlason. He is a fantastic uh, 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 skull to make skaldic poetry about, you know, uh, myths and about historical events and and so forth. Uh, but he is also a good uh, uh, storyteller. And 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 the skald is, I think, uh, it was like that that the skald had this aura and he had this nimbus. He he had a status, a very big status. Uh, he was like the 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 news and the entertainer in par excellence. In <laughs> he he was like the best friend of the king. Of course, it's we always seen we always see this this uh, strong uh, ties between those who are in power and those who can uh, uh, picture them and uh, those who can um, uh, tell people what to think about them. Um. So, so the skull is there, and he is he is telling perhaps the myths and the stories, and then comes the poet, po poems. Then come the poems afterwards. That's basically how I think it was done, uh, and um, and uh, uh, as we see in in, for example, Snorri Sturluson, I think it's uh, quite. Uh, 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 Good how he uh, looks at these poems as as like a historical data, uh, because many of the poems were were recited uh, in front of the kings, and if 
it was a lie if it wasn't true about the king and his deeds. Of course, it wouldn't have been uh, uh, gone. It wouldn't have gone unnoticed, and the king would take it more as a mockery than a, a real uh, a sublimation or, or or something like that. So, so you can you can count on these poems, and uh, basically, it is. Uh, the entertainment par excellence, but it's a different aesthetics. We can't go into that now, but mm. it's like you are able because your brain is there is so little uh, coming in to your brain, you know. Uh, and when you hear a poem, you can you can learn it by heart. I guess you could do that because every second word rhymes basically in in. Uh, uh, in Scandic poetry, so it's um, and we have sources on that that people learned the stanzas by heart, and then they went doing their work or they went w walking for some days, and when they were home, they had understood the stanza. Mm. So it's it's it's, it's a totally different aesthetics uh, uh, in in this uh, society than than you have in in modern society where where you should like you're more like a you know, you're not uh, asked to participate with your thinking. You just, mm. you just uh, entertain me. You know. Yeah. So let's go back to Yerman. We did derail that a little bit there, but let's go. Let's go. What 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 made you move to Iceland in the first place from Norway? Didn't you feel like you had a future in in Norway? Uh, sorry, you talk about German or? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, no, it's. Um, uh, I, I would not say that he moves from Norway to Iceland. That would be uh, forgetting the uh, medium uh, states, which is Ireland, right, uh, and Dublin. Uh, we have quite a lot of sources on him uh, that he establishes himself in in, in Dublin in the second half of uh, 9th century eight. 1670, and we can see from uh, the genealogies that uh, he and, and his like comrades and, and, and force brothers or whatever we could call them, blood brothers, uh, Ulver, Ulver Skelgi, and and uh, they are there in Dublin, and uh, Genman basically uh, it's uh, they are allied with. Uh, uh, Eventer uh, mother it's, it's kind of a suite that was uh, working there in, in Dublin and, and building boats and stuff like that, and 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 they are allied to to uh, uh, Olaf the White, Olaf Hvite, and and Eva the Boneless, uh, and uh, uh, everything is focused on again on 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 this um, uh, um, most uh, powerful thing that the viking age produced the, the viking ship so uh, uh, my idea is that you know that there are circulating when they come to dublin there are circulating stories about the Thule and, and this island in the north. Uh, and 
another thing has happened there, and that is that Harald the Fairhair, Harald the Harfagri, he has uh, like a, put a monopoly on on trade with with uh, northern Norway and and the eastern part of northern Norway, like Tubiarmia, and so so uh, petty kings like King Hjör, father of Germant, he can't he can't get there anymore without paying a lot of taxes. It was not, uh, at least in later times, uh, 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 rare that you had to pay like 50% taxes of uh, the goods you were trading to your king. So, basically, Germund, he is called in there because he has some kind of knowledge to both hunt this walrus animal that I guess followed the stories about Tula and, and this island in the north, and he can also he knows how to um, make the goods out of them, uh, make the ropes and make the train oil from their blubber, and and so forth. So so uh, uh, his sent when he is sent to the first expeditions. To Iceland, I guess it was in the late 860s. Uh, he has to have an economy economy in his in his in his back uh, because it's ex- expensive to to uh, make an expedition to 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 a uh, island uh, many days uh, in the north. Uh, so. Basically, it must be uh, all of the whites and and the shipbuilder, even uh, the who 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 need this uh, goods from the walruses in order to both sustain their ships and and in order to be able to make more ships, which is uh, vital for for a, a king like those in Dublin. So uh, basically that is that is the uh, uh, starting point for the expedition to 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 Iceland. Germundur mm. um, is and his father or his father is not mentioned uh, he he just vanishes out of history but we know that there was a, a great battle, and 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 the uh, petty king Harald uh, the Fairhair he uh, is able to announce himself as king of all of Norway. We know that he was not king of all of Norway; he was basically in the west of Norway. But anyway, uh, the father of Germund is one of the losers there, and there is nothing. There is nothing to go to. Uh, for Germund in Norway anymore, because uh, if it is right, as I assumed uh, from my studies, that uh, King Hjör uh, was on Avalsnes on Karmøy, uh, that is one of the central uh, 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 places for the for the old uh, uh, Norwegian sailing route. And uh, of course, uh, Harald, as we know, took 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 that farm in his under his command as soon as he could, as he did with all other central 
places on on the uh, sailing route along Snorri. It's funny the way I understood it when I read Snorri is basically that Harald did this because he was kind of horny for this girl that he wanted, and that's the only reason why he unified this girl, this unified Norway, quote unquote, because. He wanted this girl. He was basically horny for her. In the, in the, that's the way I understood this when I read Snorri. That's that's the reason he did it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, Snorri says that, but uh, other sources say other things. Uh, Snorri was very good in, in bringing forth... Uh, the human side of uh, everyone. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I think uh, his attraction for Gida is uh, well. It's not only Snorri. There are. It's mentioned in in, in also in a poem, uh, a skaldic poem, and and in Aukrip, if I remember right. So so uh, there could be something in it. But uh, of course. Uh, uh, Many of the deeds that men do are are to get the eyes of of women. That's mm. also something true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, go back to Jermyn again. And you mentioned he goes to Iceland, and uh, you mentioned also in the beginning that he has about two hundred, three hundred slaves with him. Does he take slaves with him from Ireland when he goes to Iceland? Does he take slaves with him from there to I? Yeah, uh, he takes them from Ireland. Now, Dublin in 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 these uh, in in this era of eight sixty eight seventies is uh, basically the biggest um, trading post for uh, slaves in in all of Northern Europe. So, uh, and the interesting thing here is when when. Germund is establishing himself in Iceland in 860s, 70s, uh, in the age of settlement, as we call it. The prices on slaves are at, at the peak, at the highest, uh, basically because of, of the demand from the East, from, from the uh, Islam, from the Muslims. Uh, was needed needed slaves and 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 you know uh, a slave sold from Dublin uh, slavery woman for example uh, she could not know if she would end in Baghdad or in Iceland mm. you know it it's it, we we have this we have this net uh, drawn up and and you have seen in many books about the Viking age. That uh, you were trading slaves in, in all directions from from Dublin. So basically, you know, you're you're speaking about perhaps up to six hundred dirham, mm. six hundred dirham, uh, uh, where the uh, Muslims paying for one slave, uh, female slave. Uh, that's the highest. It it, it would be like basically two point three million Norwegian kroner in very. <laughs> hmm. uh, uh, a wild, wild guess. Why you're trying to put the dirhams into that um, modern times? But the uh, IRS would have a field day for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but 
so so it's not possible you know for uh Germander to establish himself without as i said and mentioned having a, some kind of a, a kingship uh, 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 uh dynasty in his back and he didn't need any money he didn't he couldn't use any money he just needed uh slaves to establish himself in iceland and all of the white is uh taking uh, slaves he uh, is mentioned in many of the irish annals and scottish annals as unlike uh and uh we know that, for example, in, in 871, he he, st- he he takes around 500 slaves just in just in one uh, on St. Patrick's Day in Armagh. 500 slaves. Uh, he goes with Ivor the Boneless with 200 ships and fills them with slaves in 871. Uh, 200 ships. Let's put 10 slaves in each ship. 2000 uh so it's it's um it's a big shop and of course in these uh when we are in this era uh the times where um uh, the whites could plunder and rob the clusters and churches and it's this era is over so basically you have to get <laughs> some new fuel to keep the shop going you know mm. and that's basically selling people taking slaves and selling them and uh and uh, uh this is where gamund establishes himself you know gradually he's going back and forth he's selling the goods in dublin he's he's getting paid with uh, with uh, uh, slaves and he gets more slaves to iceland um yeah so this is basically the uh as 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 I pictured it, and as as, as I um, find sense into this story, does it take any of the female slaves as concubines when one like his father did, or did, does he strain from this? Yeah, well, well uh, uh, as I was trying to mention in the beginning with the father, I, I I'm not sure that uh, Lyubina was a concubine at all. Uh, mm. It just said in the written sources that she was a concubine but but uh, in the next sentence it said that she was a queen so it's at least not known that his father had any other uh, women yes uh, well that's basically uh, the uh, fate of a female slave that your master uh, 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 in um, uh addition to using you as a uh, uh, like an agricultural mm. slave or something he 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 is able to uh, use the women uh, sexually uh and uh, i cannot see that this has been any different in in iceland uh icelanders have never been like uh um pictured as as um or depicted as very puritan people and of course we have the dna which uh tells us that uh, 
that the slaves are mm. are still in us. Uh, in uh, uh, Peter Foote said it in the Viking achievement that a slave cannot leave behind him anything. He cannot own anything and he leaves nothing. That's not quite true. If uh, because it, it because of this concubines and and so this, the slaves are leaving their DNA in in the mm. people. That's that's quite sure. Or else we would not. They would not be able to depict mm. that. It does seem to. And I want to talk about this. I don't know if it's past this already. So do forgive me if I'm doing a little back here. But it does seem in your book that he has a feud with a Torbjorn Pitrand for a while. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's another uh, quite uh, scarce uh, source. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can go into that uh, so deeply here. It's it's not... Um... Oh, no, I just mentioned it real brief, yeah, briefly. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's basically, Thorbid Petra is one of the men who, is, who is, has come in his way. Basically, when Germander is taking uh, Bredafjörður and uh, Westfjord, uh, the, the uh, fjords and, and the west fjords of Iceland, and Strandir especially, he establishes himself here in Strandir also, uh, there are not so many people there. There are not many chieftains in this way, but there are some. And uh, the reason that we get these stories, not only about Thorbjörn Petra, but, you know, Krogur and Krogsfjörður and uh, Stenolu Laui, is, uh, his uh, foster brother is also uh, uh, battling against some chief chains. It's because they are there before them. Hmm. And uh, they, it will be very expensive to adopt them into their uh, uh, company. So, uh, they try to to uh, take them out of the way, basically. Mm. And uh, uh, in the in the story of Thorbjörn, it seems that Thorbjörn uh, uh, he he has already established himself as the owner of the fjord, and then a ship full of walrus goods from stranded breaks up there in his uh, on, on the coastline which belongs to him and according to old uh, laws like of the Gragas and Gulathing, uh, it was his property that, that drifted ashore there but uh, and, and he's basically a man who's trying to trying to uh, um, get his early pension <laughs> get a hold of uh, these uh, uh, very valuable goods coming from the north, so that's that's why Germander uh, gets rid of him, I guess. So let's talk about it. Like you mentioned, he wanted to establish a dynasty. So let's talk about how does he establish a family? Where does it? How meet his wife? Is it set up? Is does he meet her? Does he find find another chieftain or? Who he, he marries off to, or how how does is it an arranged marriage when when get married eventually? Yeah, you talk about the family of Germander. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Well, um, there is um, it's it's a, like a, a very complicated uh, again uh, <laughs> story, um, and and we have like skipped that part in his uh, vita in his uh, life history. We have skipped the part of Bermia and uh, Bermaland, but basically my uh, research uh, underpins uh, the theory that Germund must have gone with his father to Bjarmia and he has been uh, with this people and learned from them or else he would not have been uh, so much attraction for those in Dublin to send to Iceland. It's because he knows something about how to hunt and how to make these goods from big seals and walruses. So uh, uh, King Hjör, which has taken uh, a wife uh, in his alliance with this uh, Samoyedic people, Bjarmi people, or, or whatever we want to call them, Sikirtia people, or, or, or which I, I think they were, uh, he wants to do the same for his son, German, uh, to uh, ensure that, you know, the the uh, family has access to the goods. So this is the mythical figure of uh, Ilturka. Ilturka uh, was her name, according to the Icelandic sources. It's not a Norse name at all. It's like uh, Lufina and Haris and Loptaina and whatever, you know, these words, these are assimilations, Norse assimilations of some kind of names from an alien language. Okay, we, are, we at least we can be uh, uh, agree uh, on, on, on that. Uh, exactly what people is more like um, difficult to determine. But yes, Ilturka was his wife, and uh, he establishes himself. Uh, she is uh, said to be buried mm -hmm. in Iceland, and her bur her burial mound is still uh, uh, detectable, and it's called Ilturka. And uh, uh, there were some local uh, people there who pointed it out for me, and nobody knew about this. It's a big... Uh, it's like in northern Norway, it's like helix stones that are up in a pile. Uh, and this was registered by the archaeologist after after uh, uh, people there in the area pointed this out to me. This is the only uh, flat stone grave mound oh. in Iceland, actually. Uh, so uh, Ilturka comes with Germundur, perhaps... More of the Bjarmi people, we do not know that. Uh, but at least we know this, and this needs to be studied further. That there is uh, like an Oriental uh, mutation or Oriental gene, and an or and a mutation in this Oriental gene in Icelanders that the Samis in Norway uh, or Scandinavia and the Norwegians do not have. And that's interesting. And 
uh, as uh, the DNA is is quite uh, sensitive, it can uh, uh, it's sufficient that only one uh, female woman comes with with the DNA, and and if she she gets a lot of uh, uh, like uh, people uh, uh, descendants. Uh, these mutations um, can live in Iceland, and they there are mutations in the Icelanders that you only can find in the the Samoyedi people in in in, uh, in uh, originating from the Cyan and the Baikal uh, mm. area in Mongolia. Interesting. What what would you say? I think we're not rounding it up there, but what what do you say is the legacy of Yarmun? the black writing because he never went on the rides raids he never went on writing raids he never no that is just traditional exactly he was not a, he was not the typical viking you know is it, it's, it's not how we see him you know he's black <laughs> he has like a um a flat face you know a white uh, flat face and he is he's he is uh, not a man going and plundering and killing people. No, he's not doing any waking. There are no stories about him uh, plundering or uh, uh, pillaging uh, some people. He is a very good hunter. He is a very good uh, engineer. He is a very good uh, like a project manager. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, 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 incredibly practical thinking man. And is your family as well times thirty? Yeah, well, I found that out. Uh, I found that out uh, when I was finishing the book. That actually, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I think I'm number thirty or thirty-one. Uh, uh, thirty from him. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a direct descendant from him in, in the thirtieth mm. uh, 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 generation from him. <laughs> but uh, I guess many other Icelanders are. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, and I do hope that this book is translated into English so that others outside Scandinavia will be able to read about him as well, as if they found this yeah, episode it, interesting. It, actually, it has. has. Oh. We've just not found the right to publish uh, publisher uh, yet, uh, and and perhaps yeah, but time will show. <laughs> I hope it does get published quite soon. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to promote? Any social media where people might find you if they have any questions about uh, German or writing history? No, I have a homepage I'm I'm uh, putting up now, and uh, and uh, there will be contacts there. It's just my name and is punctum is, and, and everyone can find that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on. My name is Alan. This has been about that age dwell. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts these days. If you are on iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, please consider writing a review if you like this episode. That would help us out a lot. And please check out some other history 
of that we covered on this podcast. We also covered another Viking history about Eirich the Red, which I highly recommend checking out. My name is Alan. Please like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.